Welcome to Go Home Heat, an NXT podcast. This is going to be a solo session from KP because Justin cannot be here. want to give a shout out before we get started to the Gin Project and all that they have done to help us. Go check out their website, G-I-N-N Project. Look at things, order things, even get some of our posters if you would like, or prints is what you would call them if you're talking artsy, fartsy. Okay, first 17 minutes of this thing of NXT is this is the go home show for the pay per views next week. NXT Takeover one and two, they're not really pay per views. They're on one's on USA and Peacock. The other's just on Peacock. 17 minutes. We open with a match: Grimes and Roddy Strong. Grimes comes out talking a little whatever. Roddy doesn't wait. Boom, they fight. It is a very good match. Roddy is an extremely great performer. He is pummeling Grimes until he notices an undisputed era shirt in the crowd, which throws him off a little bit because, of course, he is heartbroken that undisputed era is over. That allows Grimes to come back for a little while. Roddy again writes the course. Roddy elevates Grimes to hurt him more. Grimes reaches into his pants for what we believe is a foreign object, but it is instead an NXT armband. He drops the armband on the ground after Roddy gets through throwing Grimes. He notices the armband, causing him to get a little bit disoriented again, which allows for the cave-in stomp of Grimes, which allows Grimes to win. Good stuff. Roddy's in a strange place. It is going to be weird if the Undisputed Era continues to be a part, which it seems for certain that they will. Where Roddy goes here, I don't know. I know that every company needs a Roddy Strong. He is an incredible pro wrestler. I don't know what you do with him, though, other than just send him out there and let him have great matches, which is always great. Anyway, and Grimes going over is probably the right call. I would assume that they wind up matching up again later. Roddy winning, of course, but Grimes needs wins. They have spent a lot of time investing in this million-dollar man version of the Beverly Hillbilly-style program, (laughs) and we need it. We need it because you need to be able to laugh in these things because this is entertainment after all. Karrion Cross filmed training segment, and yeah, he's a killer. And they show him fighting and pummeling and working on strikes. He mentions that he's working on catch wrestling, he's working on judo, he's working on striking, and he is going to put put Finn away. They have a Walter promo as well that's filmed. They show Champa's rise and fall. Ch- uh, Walter highlights his own Walter does the talking during this thing he highlights his own rise he does what this both of these segments are good again it's a go home show we're trying to hype up the two night takeover Escobar hits the ring with another promo he issues an open challenge Escobar states that he was born an emperor he is the legacy of 100 years of tradition he is the founder he he and Being a luchador is the foundation of cruiserweight divisions in general. 
He is born out of all of that. He is what matters. He is the genesis and the continuation of this style of wrestling. Tyler Breeze answers. Tyler Breeze has a very good performance in which he almost wins on multiple occasions. However, he does not. Wild and Mendoza attack to further the heelish heelisms. MSK attacks to pull them off of Breeze. The Grizzled Young Vets come on the big screens, and boy, they stay mad all the time. And we are going to get Legado del Fantasmo, MSK, and the Grizzled Young Vets to wrestle for the NXT Tag Titles due to the vac- vacating due to the injury of Birch. This is going to be great. These teams are fantastic. We head backstage. The way is backstage. Johnny Gargano is still very frustrated with the fact that there is some form of multiple gauntlet things to get into a match with him. He is a man who deserves the right to study his opponent. And yet, he's not going to get to do that when Austin Theory throws out the concept of the finger poke of doom after he wins the gauntlet match and Johnny says of course don't you know that killed the business and then he realizes that he has been accused of killing the business because of the way he wrestles anyway so why not do the finger pope of doom and finger pope of doom it is the fascinating undercurrent of this whole show the thread that runs through it will be that EO continues to get pummeled by Raquel Gonzalez the entire episode and will not quit, will not keep coming. We wind up with Candice and Indy wrestling of the way in a match with a couple of upstarts here. Um, It's okay. It's not great. Uh, The upstarts are having a little trouble keeping up. Indy is pretty good at this point. Candice is fantastic. The combo finish of... The Wicked Stepsister into the Springboard Elbow is just spot on great and should win them a title at some point. Candace talks about how she is the most deserving woman for a title in the company after the match is over. And then, of course, we have the Tank come out with Shotzi and Ember. And they talk enough to distract and fire a missile of Nerf into Indy, which was great. Absolutely great. Then, outside of all this, there seems to be a Kung Fu reboot on the CW coming I saw in a commercial. Thank you very much. I can't wait to watch it. I love stuff like that. Roddy just quit backstage, and he is leaving the building, which is crazy. But, like I said, hey, who knows what we're going to do with him. One thing you can do with him is... Let him go away for a little bit and come back and, and be a new character, which is where we're going probably. And it's probably needed as well. Gonzalez uh, lays out EO again. and <laughs> But EO, you know, EO attacks, does well for a second. Gonzalez lays her out. People come and separate them. Zoe Starks is next with a match against said Raquel Gonzalez. And they let Zoe have so much offense in this. They love her. You can see it in the way they're booking her matches. You can see it in the people they're putting her in the ring with. She was fantastic here. Raquel wins due to her size and strength. She winds up eventually getting the slam. 
Um, other than EO, I don't know since the Ripley matchup she Raquel had, which was fantastic, that I've seen somebody get this much offense in with Raquel or get this much time in the ring with Raquel. Even in tag team battles, she usually uh, is more dominant than she was here, which is interesting to me. And I kind of like it because Zoe looks like she's going to be a fantastic wrestler for this company. EO winds up attacking again post-match, and Rocky tosses her into the barricade. Again, she's separated. Uh, we see a dog running around backstage. We're believing that this has got to do with Taya Valkyrie, whatever her new role is there. Awesome. Taya Valkyrie is a fantastic women's wrestler, and whatever name they give her on Impact, she had a dog. So that's why I'm, it was a stuffed dog. This is a real one. But that's my guess as to why we're seeing this dog run around backstage all the time. Carter and Katz have a match with Zia Lee. Katz has a really nice spinning codebreaker thing she does in the middle of this. And she's doing pretty well with Zia Lee until Carter somehow gets distracted on the apron and decides to go up the aisle and get nose or get in the face of Mei Ying who is in her ch in her throne-ish chair and she grabs she does a throat hold onto Carter as she is still sitting and chokes her and then blows smoke into her face and Carter is laid out at her feet Katz winds up walking into a spinning kick and gets put away. And Zia looks like the killer that she is. Mia Ying looks like she may have some form of mystical powers. This storyline is great. I told you earlier, I can't wait to watch the Kung Fu reboot. And I'm already getting a little bit of a Kung Fu reboot on my wrestling show, which is friggin' awesome. And so then we get uh, Raquel... Again, she's been whooping her all night. This happens again. This time, Raquel throws her through a wall. <laughs> but she will not quit coming. I promise you. Champa, backstage promo. Fantastic. He... Look, you, nobody thinks he's going to beat Walter. But Champa's able to talk you into an arena. He always has been. This time, he talks about how before he had nothing to lose as a, as a fighter and everybody thinks that that is what matters but he'll take a man with something to fight for over a man with nothing to lose any day of the week twice on Sunday well done filmed promo we get a filmed promo from Finn Balor uh, it's a workout routine it is the opposite of the workout routine that Karrion Cross gave you, where Karrion was only working on strikes, only working on judo, only working on impactful fighting moves. In this, we see Finn asking as much as he can from his body through weight training, through uh, these incredible workouts, you know, and he basically, it's they're telling you the story in these two films of one guy's plot to knock the other one out, and the other guy's plot to Take this man on the biggest stage that he's ever been in the middle of, drag him into the deep waters, tire him out, and defeat him in that manner. And they did a really good job of showcasing both of those in these vignettes. Then we wind up with 
Bronson Reed, L.A. Knight, Kushida, Atlas, Swerve, and Ruff all together in a match against... Oh, Tyler Rust is there, Dune's there, Loomis is there, Austin Theory's there, Grimes is there. Craziness, of course. It's a it's an over-the-top rope battle royal. And it comes down to... We, we, we do get the Kushida done... Fighting, they wind up taking each other out of the match, trying submission. We have we have just a little small singles match between those two that cost them this whole big picture match because they go over the top ropes fighting each other. But that turns into what could be match of the week in pro wrestling because Dunn and Kushida are going to wind up wrestling each other at one of the two nights on Takeover, which is phenomenal. That, of course, in the last six people in this thing wind up in a gauntlet match. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you who winds up in that later when I talk about who what I think will happen on TakeOver. LA Knight winds up in the ring at the end to see who will be last in the gauntlet match with Loomis. Nobody touches Loomis during the whole thing till we get down to the last couple people and Loomis helps to toss Bronson Reed out of the ring, which sets up a one-on-one match with LA Knight, or as you may know him as Eli Drake. Interesting finish in that Loomis winds up on the apron. Reed goes like he's going to push him out of the ring by hit by a shoulder tackle. He goes through the ropes, but through the ropes, not over them. He gets tossed onto the ground. He's cool with that because that doesn't mean he's eliminated. He yanks Loomis down while he's on the ground. I don't understand how I've never seen that before. It's a nice, simple, smart ending to a match. It works. And Loomis will be second to last, and Reed will have the, and LA Knight will have the advantage going into this evening. As we've said, thread through the whole show is Io Shirai getting whooped, and she gets whooped from start to finish. So we finish out this show with Io marching to the ring and screaming at Rocky, coming down and get get some more of this. <laughs> Rocky, to her credit, Rocky comes down. The entire locker room tries to hold Rocky back. They they brawl, they brawl, and that is when EO is allowed to showcase why this could possibly be something that happens in her favor. As she's allowed to do the aerial salts, she winds up springboarding off the top rope onto the entire locker room. And so at the end of the show, after EO has been thrown through a wall, thrown into the barricade, beaten up, beaten up, beaten up, she is the one standing tall, talking down to Gonzalez laid out on a pile of bodies. Well done, taking us into the takeover weekends. Everything has been properly booked. They did have a segment where they showcased Roddy, uh, the Undisputed Era match between Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. That was well done as well. Uh, nothing really new to that, you know, but it was well done as well. So what is going to happen at TakeOver, we wonder? Leon Ruff versus Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Bronson Reed versus Cameron Grimes versus Dexter Loomis versus L.A. Knight in a gauntlet match to see who faces Johnny Gargano, Johnny TakeOver in Night 2. That will be how your Night 1 starts. I believe... That Dexter Loomis will win this. I think that it'll come down to him and Knight due to the fact that it is a 
gauntlet match, and they're the last two competitors, and I think that Loomis goes over. MSK versus Grizzled Young Vets versus Legado Del Fantasmo. Legado Del Fantasmo. Fantasma. Whatever. And um, this is going to be fantastic. It's going to be exciting. And I see the Grizzled Young Vets going over. I just, I, I think that's what's going to happen. I feel like that's the way we go with the division. MSK just kind of just got on the scene. They don't have to have the belts right away in... The val- val- to validate the grizzled young vets, putting the belt on them would make sense. Legato Del Fantasmo doesn't need them right yet. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa for the NXT United Kingdom Championship. This should be great. I think Walter will put a beating on Ciampa unlike any we have seen on Ciampa before. He's been in some competitive, very physical matches, but Walter is another level of competitive and physical. It should be great, though. Walter has great matches. For a man his size and a man who has to be kind of portrayed as dominant due to his size, he is able to tell fantastic stories in the ring. Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Io Shirai has, for me, been maybe the best thing in pro wrestling over the last year. She is the best performer, I think. And I just... I just believe it's Rocky's time. I think Raquel Gonzalez goes over. I do. It's been 300 days of EO being champ. And I just don't think that... I think you can tell other stories with EO. I think you can tell the... I think NXT is smart enough to do it. I think you can tell the we have the best wrestler in the world story without her being the champ as she just challenges and and, uh, elevates all the other competition as they get ready for Rocky. And I think that having Rocky on top with Dakota as her supposedly captain, but in reality at this point, not because Rocky's the champ is a fascinating story to tell. And I think they'll be smart enough to want to do that. Cruiserweight championship ladder match, Santos Escobar versus Jordan Devlin. I think Devlin goes over. I think that Sean and the whole company love Devlin. And I, I'm not sure how much longer Santos stays in NXT. I could see Santos losing this match and being on raw or SmackDown Monday. He's really, really good. And I wouldn't be surprised if the whole faction didn't leave with him. He He's just, he's very good at every aspect of sports entertainment. And sports entertainment is what Raw and SmackDown do. So he's a great wrestler too. But I, I just think he moves on from the company, from the NXT version of the company. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon versus The Way. I think Ember and Shotzi maintain uh, hold... I think I think both these matches are going to be fantastic. North American Championship Gargano versus Loomis goes over. I think Loomis has to go over. Gargano's fascinating without the belt. The way is fascinating without the belt. Their struggles are fascinating, so they don't have to win those two matches. I see them see it being a rough night for the way. Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly unsanctioned match. Uh this should be fantastic. Fantastic, and I think O'Reilly goes over again. I don't think Cole. I, 
I know Sean doesn't want to let Sean Triple H. They love Adam Cole. They consider him not only in-ring talent but a contributor. I don't know how much pull Sean really like. I don't know how much say Sean has, but I can't see him wanting Cole to leave. But I can totally see Vince feeling like he needs to bring that dude up if he's going to break up the undisputed era. And I think in era, and I think Kyle O'Reilly is now going to be challenging for championships and probably the NXT championship a couple more times over the course of the year. He had what I thought were match of the year candidates against Finn. And I can't imagine not wanting him in those programs. And this is the springboard to do that. The springboard to say he's a main event guy was Finn. The springboard to keep him there is right here in this moment. I think that's where we go. Now that Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross, it should be Finn. This, these two nights are going to be... I've been to a takeover, and I am a, I am sad that I'm not going to get to go to these two nights. The Finn Balor versus Karrion Cross is going to be fantastic, and I think Cross goes over. I don't know how much. I think you wind up telling the story of Karrion Cross wrestling guys like Kyle O'Reilly after this. I think Finn, if he loses, you can put him in matches with Walter. And with Dragunov, remember Dragunov, who is killing it over there in NXT UK, when they wanted him to become something, they put him in the ring at a takeover over there with Finn. So it would make sense to have Finn go go into a program with Walter out of this. And that would, man, Walter Finn Balor. Boy, that's going to be great. But I think Cross goes over here. I think that there's an... Cross kind of got robbed of having a chance to be the champ because he hurt himself when he won the belt with Keith Lee. I think we visit that time period where we thought we would have been visiting over the last year where Karrion Cross is your new champion. And I think these are going to be two of the best nights of wrestling of the year. And they're going to be back-to-back, and they're going to be in the middle of the week. And I cannot wait for NXT TakeOvers Night 1 and 2. This is going to be something special. Okay, this is Go Home Heat Production. Thank you for checking us out. Copyright 2021. Go.